This is Eshan Akins, and welcome to Two Guys in a Podcast. Hey guys, this is Eshan Akins. We're on the road today. We're on our way to our first paranormal investigation. Jason, are you ready to do this, bud? Man, I'm excited about this. Um, we are headed to High Hill Church. Um, that's in Southern Walker County. It's supposed to be very, very haunted. Um, uh, one of the one of the stories I've heard about High Hill Church was that there was a gentleman a few years ago who was hunting around the church. It's kind of out in, out in the a secluded rural area, and he came up on another hunter who said that he was the pastor of the church and that he was just out hunting himself. The guy finds out several days later that the church has been closed for years, and that guy's dead. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's one of them. Plus, they claim that you can hear things, see things. So we're going to hook up with um, Jared Aaron and with his aunt, uh, Martha Parnell Saloma. Both of them experienced in this kind of stuff. And previous guests of ours. And previous, both of them previous guests. Uh, great folks. Um, a wealth of in, uh, infamy, uh, not infamy, information uh, and history as far as Walker County goes. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm, I'm excited. This is our first time recording on the road. Yeah, I went and picked up a new microphone that hooks up to my cell phone that uh, it's got pretty good sound quality. Uh, Going to expand a little bit more for our regular shows on that, I believe, with this company that this uh, microphone came from. We, we only, uh, folks, we only use the best technology for this show. We don't fool around with any Mickey Mouse stuff. This is um, top of the line all the way, first class. That's right. So we're going to meet Jared and his aunt at another supposed haunted location in Walker County. I've heard, reading things online, the Jacks in the town of Paris that we're meeting them at is a haunted location, known haunted location. I have heard the same thing. I have heard the same thing. You know, when we get there, we might stroll in and ask some of the people working there. That's a great idea. Yes, yes. Great idea. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, uh, you know, what more do you know about this cemetery? Now, I read a little bit about it, that uh, at, at night sometimes you'll see a congreg what appears to be a congregation of people having a revival, to say. I have heard that same thing. Um, you know, I... Uh, not much more than the story I told and what you just said. Um, of course, lights and orbs do appear, um, according to reports. Uh, I don't know exactly what uh, type of entity is present there. Um, we're going to be ready. We're going to be prayed up, and we're going to go see what we can see. That's right. Now, I understand you talked to Jared ahead of time. He's bringing some uh, video equipment. Yes. Yes. And we'll also be taking pictures as we usually do. Uh, and I think how we'll handle this, uh, obviously, guys, if y'all have listened to our show, we're kind of very, uh, kind of a, a gorilla podcast. We don't do anything in the way of editing. Uh, so you may get clips after this that uh, are us actually on site recording for the show. Yes. Um, during the investigation itself. What if, we, what if we put that on Facebook? We could definitely put it on Facebook. Man, I'm telling you. Uh, we want the folks to see the action. Uh, I mean, we love to describe it to you on the podcast, but to be able to see the action too, man, that, that's great. That's and a bonus. Maybe a good good start for our uh, YouTube page that we have, but have not put nothing, anything on. This would be a kickoff, wouldn't it? It would be a kickoff. Yeah, yeah. 
Speaking of uh, speaking of looking good, man, this new truck you've got looks fantastic. Man, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's something else. It's a Ranger, a Ford Ranger. Ford Ranger. Now the Ford Rangers I grew up with were small. Very small. And this is about the size of what I would have considered a full size truck back then. Right. Uh, they they went out of production for a little while in the United States. They were still being uh, produced in other countries. Mm-hmm. But uh, they brought them back to the U.S. a couple years ago, and man, they're. Uh, there's something else, so, you know. They still got the four-cylinder in them, but they've got a small turbo on them, um, packed with safety features. This thing has seven different airbags in it. Wow! You got an airbag at your knees down there uh, to keep me from banging my legs Absolutely. up. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, now we were talking earlier, and um, we were discussing um, a recent posting we put out asking people what their favorite Halloween horror movies were. And we got a great response. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to talking about that um, later in the episode or in a future episode. But to kind of um, strike on something fresh, you and I both saw the new Halloween movie this weekend, Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills, yes. Man, it was, uh, I was blown away by the movie. Tell me what you thought. Man, you know, I loved how they started off kind of piggybacking on the previous Halloween movie that, just, that came mm-hmm. out. Was it last year, year before? Year before. Um, they piggybacked on that, and then they went back to 1978. Yeah. Uh, to show the original action, man, and how some things transpired. And I'm going to tell you, and, and as far as Michael Myers, I've never seen him so brutal in his killings. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, I, I thought they did a really good job with portraying kind of what if um, you were in a small town like that and there was some kind, there was there was a mass murder on the loose, kind of the trauma that everybody's going through. Everybody's scared. They don't know if their loved ones are alive or dead. And just the absolute horror of the murders it was intense. Oh, it was absolutely crazy. And then, you know, when he comes out of the burning house and he, he basically just handles like a boss an entire fire department. It's massacres. Just destroys them. Destroys them. I mean, and these guys have axes. They have, they're ready to go, but um, they're not ready for that. Well, you, are you ever ready for somebody that's basically a living, walking demon? Pretty much, someone who I mean, I, he looks like he probably is around six six, six seven, powerfully built, psychologically disconnected to the point to where he doesn't really feel pain in the same way normal people do. Reminds me a lot of some of the folks we saw who would come in um, in our past job who would be under the influence of a substance, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't feel pain. They were incredibly strong. It could just keep going and going and going. And sometimes you wonder, are we going to get this under control? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I kind of expected uh, uh, Laurie Strode to be the one to be able to, to kill him. I, I figured this would be the end of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that was that some people were expecting that, which they've come out now and said, well, there's going to be a third one. It'll be the last one. Halloween ends next year. Wow, next year. Next year. They wow. say it's going to jump ahead four years, so I don't know what to expect. Well, as we say at the end of this movie, spoiler alert, folks, we're going to talk about it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we've already we've already passed that, that sign. We have. I uh, should have <laughs> gave that a little earlier. Uh, 
At the end, we think that Michael Myers is going to meet his demise. He is literally being beaten to death, shot in the streets. Stabbed. By a, by a gang of uh, townsfolk, mind you, that uh, just said enough's enough. Evil will die tonight. Evil will die tonight. Evil. And uh, you get past that and you cut back to a scene in front of his old house where uh, Laurie Strode's daughter and granddaughter are that have already been attacked by Michael. And it cuts back and he's fighting back. Yeah, and that's what, you know, I thought about that scene and when I first saw it, I thought, man, there's no way. Forget about it. But then I thought it through and I thought, wait a second. If this guy really isn't, if he's that psychologically disconnected and it's just not hurting him like it would a normal person, he's a big, strong guy. He's just an absolute pure killer. <clears throat> you put just some normal people who aren't killers up against that, they're going to think they got him whooped. That's it. And then here he comes with a vengeance. And when you got a guy that big slashing at you with a knife, you're going to freak out. And he seemed a lot more mobile in this this film than he has in his, the rest of the franchise. Yes. Yeah, he did. He did. Very which, much more athletic, very much more in tune to what he's doing. Yeah, which makes him even scarier. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been watching Halloween. When the first one come out? 78, I believe it 78. was. 78. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Long time. The first time I ever saw Halloween was in, it was on a Sunday night movie of the week back in 1982. And, man, I thought, well, I have seen the perfect horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a... And I really think that's what kicked the horror franchise off in, in high gear. Yeah, what they call the slasher films. That's it. Yep. Uh, I, I very much enjoy... Uh, horror movies, uh, my kids enjoy them too, but I have to cut them off of it because they have nightmares and such. Well, the pantheon of horror movie villains, I don't think you can really, I, I think he might be sitting at the top. Absolutely. You know, Michael Myers, you have Michael Myers, you have Jason. Uh, my personal favorite horror franchise, I do love the Halloween franchise, but I love Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, and that's, you got you got different people, just like you have Star Trek people and Star Wars people. That's it. You know, you got folks who are um, uh, Beatles people and folks who are Rolling Stones people. But uh, in the horror movie uh, genre, you've got either, either you're a, a Jason Voorhees or a Michael Myers fan, or on the other side of the coin, you're Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. That's it. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, it's just a... Uh... You know, I got to thinking about it when we made the post about your favorite horror movie, and it, it took me a minute. I had to think because there's so many great ones. Oh yeah. I mean, you've got you know Jeepers Creepers, and I mean a whole just catalog of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just said, you know what? Since childhood, Nightmare on Elm Street has been my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It was never my favorite, but I have to say it was one of the most original. Absolutely. And creative. Which, I mean, of course, Michael Myers and, J and Friday the 13th with Jason, they were very creative, too, in the ways mm -hmm. they done their own thing. Yes. And, you know, uh, the Friday the 13th films, they probably scared me the most because, kind of like the way you grew up, we grew up with a lot of wooded areas surrounding us. Mm -hmm. And Jason was always in the woods. Yeah. And he was unstoppable. No matter what, he was unstoppable. And that just scared the bejesus out of me <laughs> to think that, you know, you can't get away from this guy and he's out there in the woods. Well, when you come to things of legend, Jason, like Michael and Jason and Freddy, can you really stop them anyway? Can you stop any of them? 
No, I, you can't. You can't. And and they transcend what you. They're 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 just something that is more than human. Absolutely. I mean, you got to think, yeah, Freddie. He he operates off the fear of people's dreams. Mm-hmm. Well, and um, Jeepers Creepers. He's operating off of fear. Mm-hmm. He's trying to smell the fear. Michael Myers, the boogeyman, inspires fear in the same way that Jaws makes people afraid to get in the water. And they, they go into more detail in this, this Halloween movie as to why Michael is able to survive basically you know, being killed in all these other aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time he kills, he grows more powerful. Yeah, he just grows more stronger, almost like somebody who, um, a professional athlete who's at the peak of their abilities, and with every victory, they become more invincible. That's it. And people think he can't be beat. That's right. You know. Um, well, th- you know, we've talked about what I thought of the movie. What, what are your thoughts on the movie? I mean, what are... Well, you know, I really, like I said, the uh, I felt like the way that they handled the concept of this is a small town, everybody knows everybody, and here we have this situation where you have someone on the loose that is just murdering, it seems at random, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the terror that those people were going through, wondering about are they safe, is their family safe, who is it that's dead, you know, are my, I haven't spoke to my kids, are they okay? Um, to see that and to see how that gets turned around into rage, and into a, a feeling of we have to put a stop to this. The system has failed. The police have failed us. We got to do it. We got to put a stop to it. I thought that was really, really interesting. And then just like you had said, man, the intensity. I mean, normally when I'm watching a movie, I'm kind of relaxed. And this one, I was not relaxed at all. Not a bit. It was in every second was intense. And I was, I was physically tired. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a it was a movie for sure. It was, and into I I felt like, you know, what you just explained about how he wasn't killed, and you thought oh, there's no way he's going to make it out of this, and then when you start thinking about it, you're like, wait a second, he he got out of that, but it's believable. It yeah. is. It's not. And for anyone who has never dealt with someone who was on some type of a substance or who was extremely strong and maybe extremely mentally ill, if you have before, you'll understand what we mean by they seem unstoppable. And there's something about someone like that who has no fear of anything, dealing with even a group of people who are afraid, that one person can overpower the group. That's it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you also see, you know, I, I know in past movies, you know, with Michael especially, He'll just appear in a location. Yes. Without any any sense of how he got there. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to it. Right. Like he just he is like a force of nature. Because in the in the in the last scene of the movie, you see him. He's killed all the people in the streets, which is a couple blocks over from where yes they're at. And Laurie Strode's daughter looks up the window and sees a child in the in the window of the room. Right. Right. Well, she goes up there, and then all of a sudden. Michael's behind her. He's behind her, and it's 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 reminiscent of the original murder scene in the first Halloween. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and we don't know whether the, the daughter survived. We, we uh, you see her laying there, mm-hmm. still alive. I, I felt. Yeah, yeah, I think. But she, uh, who knows? 
Exactly. And who knows where it goes from there. Right. You know, I mean, Michael's and there are people downstairs. He's upstairs. Well, how did he get in there to start with? Right. You've already got, you've got law enforcement around. You've got other people. Mm-hmm. How's he get into the house? Maybe he goes through a back door. Maybe he just glides through everybody unseen like a, just a pure force of evil. Right. Maybe he's just got that ability. Maybe he's got a supernatural ability. He, he's like a, a, a real-life Grim Reaper. That's it. Well, man, we are getting close to the designated lo- meeting location, and um, I think this one's going to be a good one. I do too, man. I'm really, I'm really jacked about the investigations we're going to do this month. Uh, this one's kick it off, and then we've got the the last one. It's going to be the Old Townley Jail. That will be the coup, the coup d'état. That's right. Uh, we haven't got a location for next week yet, do we? That is still in the works, I believe. Okay. And uh, so far, now now we'll be minus uh, our normal, our usual guide on this paranormal Billy White, um, which makes me a uh, a little bit a little bit nervous because you know I, I put a lot of faith in Billy as far as because he's he's handled a lot of these type situations. It kind of guides us in there. And, kind of our spiritual advisor when it, it comes to it. In, in every way, shape, form, and fashion. That's right. And um, so he will not be with us. He'll be with us on the later investigations, but not tonight. So um, so we're, we're just going to have to put our trust in, um, in, in Jared and, and Martha and the good Lord. That's right. And each other. Uh, you know, Jason, I started listening to this guy on YouTube uh, about a week ago. I sent you the clip where he uses a spirit box... To communicate with the deceased. Yes. What do you take in that? What do you... I don't know what to think. Because I'll be the guy, I mean, he was... Uh, the first one I watched in the case, because I was I was watching something about Queen, and I started looking up stuff about yeah. Freddie Mercury. And he, he he's... Freddie Mercury is one of the individuals he spoke to. Mm-hmm. But then he also spoke to Jesus. Which makes me a little suspect. It's, it's different uh, in the aspects of religion that he looks at that everybody goes to the afterlife. Right. And not, you know, straight to heaven or hell, which I guess we don't go straight to heaven when we die, right? Well, you know, to be honest with you, you'd have to... That might be a question for, uh, for Billy. That, yes. We'll, we'll raise that I again. really, I don't know how to answer that exactly. I just thought it was interesting and, you know. I have heard, you know, and, and the common, you know, amongst people that do believe in heaven and hell, it's, a, well, you die, you either go to heaven or hell. But also I have heard, you know, well, you, you go to be with God. Um, but that's not heaven per se. Right. Heaven comes later. After the rapture. After the rapture, and you know, as far as hell goes, you just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I truly don't know. Wow. But well, I just thought it was interesting. I, I sat and watched this guy for hours. Yeah. Like I mean, I watched him interview Freddie Mercury, uh, Marilyn Monroe, Jesus, twice. Well, is he? Um, do you think he is connecting to? Uh, to the spirit dimension? He is a sensitive, from my understanding. I've not read a whole bunch on him, just watched his videos. Mm-hmm. He is a sensitive, and he, he does communicate with his spirit guides. Uh, according to him, everybody has spirit guides. Okay. Uh, generally, you have more than one. 
uh, throughout your life. You've got several at a time that kind of that watch over you in your spiritual aspect. And they can be even uh, past family members, can't they? Can be. If uh, if you say you're young, when when a family member dies and they get assigned to you to say, I just thought it was very interesting. I mean, it is very interesting. The Jesus aspect kind of threw me off a little bit, but hmm. it happens. It happens. We might have to check into that a little bit. I'll maybe do an episode, get our information together, and and try to find somebody who's dealt with spirit boxes. Because I've heard of them, and I know yeah. a lot of people who do investigations, some of them will use a spirit box. You know, they say when, 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 when a, a spirit speaks to you from the other side, it's in reverse. Yeah. And they have to use a soundtrack to, to play it back for the audio, for the words. Well, now, um, Billy's talked about that, about recording um, messages, mm-hmm. you know, like that. I, I know he spoke of that. He used to have a, um, a recorder, if I'm not mistaken, that would pick up things. And they like, don't make them anymore. He tried to buy a new one. Yeah, and they don't make them anymore. Right. Mm. But I've looked into some uh, some EV boxes, stuff like that. Uh, they're not really expensive. You know, they're not. I looked at them, too. Um, they're not that bad. No. Well, guys, we're going to we'll cut off for now. Uh, like, like we said, you may get some clips here and there. Uh, of different spots in the investigation going forward to the episode. Uh, so don't be alarmed when it's kind of weird. We're just randomly talking to you uh, after going blank. Guys, we'll be back with you shortly. Uh, we're about to meet up with the rest of our uh, investigation party, and uh, we'll get the rest of the ball rolling for you. All right. Guys, we told you we'd be back with different clips once we got to location. Uh, it's Ashen Akins here. We're here. We're here with Martha Saloma. Uh, previous guest of ours. Uh, we also have Jared Aaron with us, along with my wife Ashley. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to do, Jason, we're going to let Martha tell what she knows about this location. That sounds great. Uh, Martha? Well, H- High Hill Church is, um, I'm not sure how long it's been abandoned, but for years it's kind of been like a rite of passage for local teenagers around the Cordova and Parish area to, to come in. And so there's different, like, um, tales about it. One of them is there's like a little girl that um, is seen in the graveyard. Another one is um, back in the day when there was still a piano here, if you played the piano, something bad would happen. And one of my former students who is a very, like she's was not prone to make things up, they had come out here, she and a cousin and some other kids. The first time they came out, she said she didn't take it seriously. Um, but the second time they came out, um, she was taking pictures, and as she's taking pictures on her cell phone, she's looking, and she said she didn't see anything looking at the window, but on her phone she saw a little girl. And that night her cousin, just for whatever reason, came in and he played the piano. They did have a wreck on the way home, and like, I know this. And then um, a week before that, there had been another person who he had played the piano and he had had a wreck on the way home so that's just one of the legends of, about about the church and so it's just always had that thing about it that you know mm-hmm. local type stuff and this is we're in a, a very rural area this at, at one time was a very active uh, mining community right right and so this church would have been probably frequented um, for decades 
by people who worked in the coal mines right. and you know as we, we were looking just out there we could see a shelter where they would have dinner on the ground and come right. decorate the the cemetery sure yeah. so it, it's got a lot of history and it's, it's some of it may be forgotten um but it definitely has a lot of history yeah sure does mm-hmm. i'll say this jason we talked about it in the truck before we started recording when we pulled up you just get that vibe of this this place it was instantaneous for it me. was and, and i just did i didn't even realize we were here because i was looking at my phone and i just felt a cool sensation like a like almost like a chill but not quite a chill and i looked up and i saw the corner of the building and i knew immediately where we were absolutely and i was like oh man it's yeah hey you said that uh you you spoke to a fellow about this place that was hunting out here well no that's a story that that has been told about it that um there was a local gentleman who was hunting here several years ago hunting in the area Mm -hmm. near the church and it came up on another hunter um i'm not sure what type of hunting if it was i think it might have been squirrel hunting and um they spoke and it was very it was a very congenial meeting and the um gentleman said that the 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 other hunter that he met informed him that he was the pastor at high hill church and that he was just out here hunting and uh, this guy would had just moved here wasn't from around here but he found out later that high hill church had been closed for many years and that, that particular pastor had been dead for quite a while wow, wow. yeah yeah that's it's incredible it's amazing some of the stories you hear oh yeah about a place when you really start looking into it especially for us doing the show yes uh we hear these stories and we're like you know well we always say we're you, going here yeah yeah, yeah we're good we're going to check it out uh, you know we, we say that you don't have to go to hollywood to find a good story because it's just around the corner from you that's right that's you know? right so um, if you want we'll just kind of walk around check it out we'll dive into the the investigation folks we'll be back with you shortly we'll do another clip here in a bit uh we're kind of waiting on the sun to go down a little bit we're going to walk around the church check it out uh take some photos and see if we can get get anything sounds good Guys, we're uh, recording you another little uh, clip here. Uh, the sun's finally went down for us. Uh, we're standing in the middle of the graveyard right now uh, at a Confederate uh, tombstone that uh, Jason was uh, drawn to. Uh, a similar area that I was kind of drawn to, more middle of the cemetery. <laughs> Jason, what are you reading there, buddy? This is William Richardson, Company K, 50th Alabama Infantry. Confederate States of America. Now this looks like it may have been added later. Could have been the Daughters of the Confederacy. Yeah, I think so. They do a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder if he died in action or of some other type of cause. Yeah. Yeah, man, I just, uh, there is a presence here. We felt it when we pulled up. We talked about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's not a malevolent. No, I don't don't feel that at all. I don't feel anything threatening. Nothing at all. Mm Mm-mm. It's, a, it's kind of it's peaceful out here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, it is. It's kind of a, like it's very much at rest, very much in its own world. Now, you know, the, the temperature's dropping a little bit, but I've not really hit what you would call a cold pocket like what we experienced at Blooming Grove or even at Easley, we hit some cold pockets when we shouldn't have. Well, I'm going to tell you this. When we pulled up, you know, and I told you this, I was actually looking at my phone, and as soon as we turned the corner and rolled onto the property, I felt the cold. Yeah. And I was in the truck. It's it's a lot cooler. It was a lot cooler when we got out of the truck from when it we got was. in. So here really we've got, was. it's a little cooler. And the folks were walking back out of the cemetery, walking toward the church building. 
kind of uh, so we get here and you know we hear this story of the uh, piano and uh, about accidents happening when the piano was uh, played uh, unfortunately uh, the piano has been destroyed there's pieces of it uh, scattered inside the church there's pieces of it outside the church some creative writing taking place on the church that's very creative writing there's a bunch of graffiti um, it's very disheartening to see people come out and um, vandalize a you know a possible piece of history standing here trying to envision Jason what this church looked like in its prime and what you know as the churchgoers come in and out and you can just imagine pews on each side people singing uh, you've got folks in this graveyard buried here that some of them were born a few decades after this was even a, after this was a nation, a country. Mm -hmm. So there's um, some deep history here. You know, and stories some of, that will never be told. Some of the gravestones we seen don't even have markings on them. It's just a rock. Right. Right. I mean, there was that a was that somebody that just couldn't afford a, a headstone back in you know God knows when 1700s or 1800s. Who knows. A lot of history here is, I mean, it's about like Bloomin' Grove. You know, there was a lot of old uh, old headstones, old well, it's, Confederate. It's, yeah, there's some Confederate graves. As expensive as things are now, it might be just the other day. That's right. <laughs> they couldn't afford a tombstone. What's your take on this, Jason? What, do you, what have you felt? I know we talked about when we showed up and we had a feeling. It really feels like it's in its own universe. It does. It feels feels different than the other two cemeteries that we've, yeah. we've checked out it, it, it does. You in almost, the past couple of years. You almost feel like you're going back in time. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like looking at this building, uh, I think Martha mentioned it, that it looks like they may have added on to this building at some time. Yeah, 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 definitely. And it's still structurally still very sound, but of, of course over the decades it's been vandalized by youth. Yeah. Now what we're looking at, folks, for our listeners that are not from our area, uh, it's a it's a brick building that it appears they've put wood panels on over, over time. Yeah. Uh, old oak wood floors, uh, concrete steps going up to the church. Uh, relatively a small church compared to maybe what some of y'all have uh, seen yeah. in your life. This was a small community church and um, just for uh, probably families that had lived here for generations. I think coal mining families. I think coal mining families. And I'm not sure what kind of church, if it was a Baptist or if it was a primitive Baptist church. Uh, Jared, we have Jared Heron and Martha with us. Jared, do you have any idea what denomination this church was? No idea. No idea. I, I didn't know about this church until a few days ago. Okay. I, 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 looking back, I have remembered some students talking about it over the years, but um, very little, very little knowledge on my part of the history. Somebody had mentioned it, and I, it's one of the haunted places in Alabama. One of the, yeah, when and you look it the, up online. Yes, yes, known as in in Walker County. This is one of the locations. Yeah, the Jackson Parish that we met at is supposed to be haunted. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually one of the people I asked about this place told me they didn't know about this place, but they did know about Jacks. Yeah, depending on when you get your chicken there. <laughs> You might be haunted later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we came in, Jason. We saw this building that's sitting in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the cemetery, mm -hmm. 
and we, we walk up to it and we hear the story of the girl that saw the the apparition, I yeah, would say. Yeah, the reflection, the, the not reflection. her reflection, but a, a girl, right. a young girl. Uh, and there is, uh, inside the building, there's two very old. stones. Yeah, old. Very old. Very old. Uh, I'm assuming the building was built later. Yeah. There's no grass inside. It's, you know, the dirt. I thought it was odd, and then um, I asked Jared, why would anyone do that? And I think he had the best answer, so love will make you do strange things. I guess so. S someone, it, it, that's an expression of love. Mm-hmm. And it's still being decorated. Yeah. Someone's yeah. taking care of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, some old, old family members. I can't imagine that the the church still has any kind of uh, association. That I wouldn't think so. It could just be that uh, people in the community who have who have deep roots, or it's, this is just a location to say, you know, well, we can we need to still keep that tradition going. Absolutely. They may still have decoration here. Very well might. Yeah. Yeah. Very well might. Yeah, and I know, Jason, when we, we came down, we turned on the road that the, the church is off of, a uh, very rough road. I'm yeah. assuming it's not traveled by many, much other than locals. But definitely not traveled by the um, local county government. <laughs> yeah. That's something Walker County needs to take care of. <laughs> Someday. Some way. I hate that it's been vandalized because I, I, I bet this was really a good place. Yeah. 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 I, I do, too. and I, I think it's it's there again. It may not have a marker. It may not be on a registry anywhere. But this is a part of local history. Yes. Yeah. Part no of the, no part doubt. Of the spirit of this area. You know, we talked about Jason. We didn't. You know, we don't get the feeling of any kind of hatred here. No kind of negative feelings. I don't get it. Do you feel any negative energy, Martha? No. I when he turned the light on in there, it just seems like it would have been a very warm place to come. Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But you can, can feel time here. You can, you can, and I, I can imagine, you know, yeah. old Baptist hymnals coming out of out of this church. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and just a, a place that people look forward to coming to and being together. Yeah. Just lost in time. Yeah. I don't feel that negative feeling that I got at Easley. I, I felt a negative feeling at Easley Cemetery when we were there. Too many wits buried there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against the witch. You're all wonderful people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, guys, we'll come back with another clip here in a bit. Uh, we're going to do a little more walking around and talking. Uh, I'll be back with y'all shortly. Hey, guys, we're back again with another clip. We're getting ready to head out. Um, we've uh, concluded our investigation. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff. We've looked over some video that... Uh, Jared recorded, and uh, we did see some strange things in the video. Some uh, the lights flickering after he he set a camera up in the doorway of the church and uh, left it there while we you know walked around, investigated, uh, looked around, you know all that good stuff, and some uh, flickering of the lights. Yeah, it's interesting that. Uh... On that camera footage, over a seven-minute time period, it's like the light. You see, you visibly see it dying, and then you see a flickering over in an area, and that particular area corresponds to a picture that you took. Yes, I, um, we started hearing a noise that Martha pointed out to start with that she, uh, she felt like something was moving in the church. Now, guys, uh, mind you, the church, uh, it's... Uh, 
it's run down, it's beat up, it's uh, not in good shape. It's been vandalized over time. And uh, I decided to take a picture over my shoulder, you know, just to say, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, if a spirit thinks we're looking at it, taking a picture, it's not going to show itself. So I snapped a picture with the selfie camera on the phone and uh, picked up what appears to be a face in the window in the same area that the lights were flickering. It could, looks like it could be an apparition. Could very well be. I didn't really, Jason, uh, I did get a, a, a pleasant feeling there. I did until you showed me that picture. <laughs> right. Well, after the hearing the story of the piano that was demolished, yes, uh, there was pieces outside to the other side of our vehicle. Yes, yeah, somebody did that with a vengeance. Yeah. So uh, after hearing that, you know, it kind of gives you the inkling that maybe there is some uh, evil entity there. But I never felt it. I never did either. In fact, I felt like um, I felt kind of like it was a place where, where there was happiness and peace. Like you said, peaceful. That's what I felt. I felt peacefulness, happiness. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel anything, you know, crazy like we felt easily. I felt very uneasy at Easley Cemetery. Yes, definitely felt uneasy there. Um, this place just, you know, uh, Martha said it, it seems like you're you're seeing a snapshot of time. Mm -hmm. It's like you were experiencing time, almost like time standing still. Yeah, it was a uh, one of our more just easy laid back investigations that we've done. I mean, we're still roughly new to this and uh, learning it. Uh, we still, in two years, haven't bought any equipment. No, nah, man. We <laughs> we still we're still working on that, but we mm. have some of the finest folks going with us, very experienced people. I, I love the fact that we had uh, Jared and Martha with us, two previous guests on the show. Uh, it was nice, and it was nice to hear some of Martha's insights on some of the different things we spoke about uh, as we were getting ready to uh, to leave. Very interesting. Martha's extremely knowledgeable, and um, she made the point, and this is something we uh, hope.